National Signing Day, folks. Welcome back to the Weston Walker Show Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Keep those texts coming on the Charlotte Men's Clinic text line 704-570-9610. Follow us on social media, WFNZ, on X and on Instagram, at Westbrian underscore 72, at Walker Mail, at HTB underscore Josh, and most importantly, at Wesson Walker on X and Instagram. And now it is time to go to the campus corner. All right, folks, as we said, it is National Signing Day for football. And when you look at the recruiting rankings right now, wanted to give a quick shout-out to some of the top local stars in the area. When you check out 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings, which is where I go to to compile all of my information. But among the best recruits in the area and in the state as a whole, a four-star defensive lineman out of Charlotte Christian going to Notre Dame, who's definitely getting a pipeline down here, uh, especially to Charlotte Christian um, High School. Bryce Young, the number two recruit in the state of North Carolina, according to 24-7. He's mm. going to Notre Dame, as I said. Jaden Davis, the number three recruit in the state right here in Charlotte, Providence Day, going to Michigan. Jordan Ship is going to North Carolina out of Providence Day. He's the number eight recruit, according to 247. Number nine is Michael Gil Micah Gilbert, a four-star wide receiver out of Charlotte Christian. He's going to Notre Dame. And number 10 is Channing Goodwin out of Providence Day. Yes, another wide receiver out of that school, catching passes from Jaden Davis. He is going to Michigan, the number 10 recruit in the state of North Carolina. So shout out to those young men and all of the men young men who are signing letters of intent today. We got a Charlotte Tide reference on the text line. Mary Biffmas because of how excited he is about the Charlotte 49ers and their recruiting prowess and rank in the transfer portal. And so also Charlotte, as far as I know you were shouting out individual guys, how about their rank in the transfer portal? Just because Charlotte Todd brings it up. So sure. I'll use that to talk about my alma mater. I'm glad Let's you asked it. Wes and Charlotte Todd. They're ranked 43rd. In all of college football, according to 24-7 sports, when it comes to the transfer rank, when you talk about overall rank with acquiring new talent, they're 72nd. You compare that to last year, they were in the 100s. 43 in the transfer portal? You know, that's a big shout to the uh, Tim Brewster, who they brought over mm -hmm. from Colorado, who has been a recruiting legend in college football. But also, I think Biff Pogey for recognizing, hey, we need more talent. And I didn't do a good job in getting the right kind of talent last season. He was open about that. He spoke to Hunter Bailey and spoke to different outlets saying, I think the philosophy was to go get some of these D1 guys that are coming back down a level. And I also got way too many guys that I was familiar with in high school. But it seems like there's a change there. And that's why I'm really excited. Yes, even if it was a disappointing season for Charlotte, I do expect them to get back on track. And they're also going nationwide with it. When you look at some of their top-rated commits, you got DeGabriel Floyd out of East Los Angeles College, uh, an athlete. So who knows what position he'll end up with. Trey McLeod is a running back, 5'10", 190, out of Wimcor, Pennsylvania. So Charlotte's all over the place. I know they want to get that gate up around Charlotte, uh, but haven't been able to do so. When you look at this recruiting class, but one local recruit, they do have Umar Rockhead. You're talking about an all-name team guy out of Mallet Creek, three-star defensive end, 6'5", 265 pounds. 
So when you look at this class, he's the only local kid that they have thus far. So yeah. Biff and the crew and also DeQuinda Williams out of West Charlotte High School, a cornerback, will be going there as well. I do feel it's, it's interesting to note, you're, you're right, bringing in a couple of guys that have signed their letter of intent that aren't local. There's only two that are local. That's okay as long as the other recruits hit. Because that's always one of the things that people hate about their college football coach. If they don't end up winning a lot of basketball games, it's they can't recruit local. Why are you allowing this local talent to leave and go elsewhere, especially if it's some type of other group of five school? Well, okay, that's all fine if you go to other states and recruit there, as long as they're good enough to help you win football games. Because if you don't, and then you only have those two local guys, Wes, it feels like that's what leaves them vulnerable to criticism more often than not. Yeah, and so when you look at the ACC, and a lot of people are questioning, you know, if the Clemson Tigers are starting to fall off. Because when you look at the recruiting rankings right now, Florida State is third in all the country. Their top commit is K.J. Bolden, a five-star safety out of Georgia. Miami is seventh with Justin Scott, five-star D tackle uh, out of Chicago. Clemson is 13th, though, no slouch following up those guys. They're 13th right now. Sammy Brown, maybe the best mullet in all of high school football. <laughs> five-star linebacker, two-way player out of Georgia. North Carolina is 25th with their top recruit, Jaden Patterson, a four-star athlete out of Georgia. NC State is 27th doing the job there. Their top two recruits, both wide receivers, one out of Greensboro, Terrell Anderson. And Duke, surprisingly, 44th. Uh, Kobe Smith, a three-star edge out of Tennessee, is their top guy. And then when you look over the ACC ranks, uh, Wake Forest is coming in 12th, but their class is 58th overall in all of the country. And their top recruit is a four-star wideout out of Fayetteville, Jeremiah Melvin, 6'5". He is, you know, Wake is famous for uh, bringing in those uber-tall wide receivers to go out there and catch passes. And the quarterback, man, Jeremy Heklinski, I like the face paint. I love the mullet. Six foot 175 out of Marietta, Georgia. The next great Wake Forest quarterback He's going to be so I'm excited about this guy. A lot of Wake fans are excited about him, too. But when you look over the landscape of this thing as a whole, who do you feel like is in the best and worst shape uh, going into signing day? Who could use the most help? And who do you think that, uh, you know, the rich just keep getting richer? Well, I don't know about the rich getting richer, but certainly a good recruiting class for one local school belongs to South Carolina being ranked 17th according to ESPN right now their previous yeah. ranking it still stayed there in a 247 yeah now this is the problem it's the fact that you're only in the middle of the pack when it comes to the SEC but that's okay if you're South Carolina and you rank 9 out of 16 in your conference when it's the SEC that'll do just fine and when you're ranked 17th in all of college football that will do you pretty well and so now when you're talking about Shane Beamer a little bit of a hot seat conversation at the end of this past season. Not enough to move off of him. Nobody called for that. But just a conversation that we would flirt with every now and then. I think that's good for them. You mentioned Clemson being at 15. Probably would like to be that higher if you're talking about them reaching college football playoff prowess once more. So are you looking at ESPN? I am looking at ESPN. Okay. Yep, I'm looking at ESPN right now. And so Clemson could be ranked higher. Another, I know Which is go. good. No, that's fine to give the, the different contrasting rankings. Florida State was one that was interesting to me because in Tallahassee, you have a school that was deserving in their own right to be a college football playoff team this year. Could they still be able to hold on to the talent that came via the transfer portal? 
You know, you're talking about Jared Verse leaving for the NFL. Jordan Travis, no longer going to be a QB for them. Keon Coleman coming over via transfer portal, going to be a first-round pick most likely, according to most uh, mock drafts, right? They're top five in the country. They're number one in the ACC, and they're top five according to ESPN. And this is a team that looks like they're going to still be able to stay right up there with everybody else, even if they're losing some NFL draft picks. And so I, right, it, it's fair to question a team that – is on its way up, but it's going to lose a lot of talent. So do you have that sustained excellence? And it feels like Florida State, at least with their recruiting class, is going to give themselves a shot at it. Oh, certainly. They're on their way back up, you know, and they're basically here after an undefeated season. But, yeah, uh, I've mentioned K.J. Bowden, a five-star safety. They also have a four-star uh, quarterback out of Georgia, Luke Romanhoke. I think that's how you pronounce his name. And so uh, going back to South Carolina, though, to your point, you know, their recruiting class is headlined by Dylan Stewart and Edge out of Washington, D.C. And I remember when he committed to them, they were very excited about him, a five-star guy, number one player in that D.C. area, top 25 nationally, and Josiah Thompson, an offensive tackle uh, out of Dillon, South Carolina. And so, you know, when you look at these teams, too, and I think signing day has taken a little bit of a change because of the transfer portal. When you get excited about these classes as a fan, you have to worry about – if the guy's still going to be there after a year or two because it doesn't even matter mm -hmm. at this point now if they're a starter, you have to worry about keeping these guys on the roster each and every year now. That's what TC was writing on the text line as well. Hey, congratulations to everybody signing their letter of intent. They will be in the transfer portal within the next year. <laughs> That's what you've come to expect, yeah. certainly on the exaggerated side. I also wanted to mention another ACC school. We go yes. to North Carolina where you go to the regular season – and this has been a topic of discussion, too, when Mac Brown underperforms with the level of talent that they're usually able to get. Well, according to ESPN, they have the 26th ranked class. This is where Mac Brown is supposed to win. Yeah. This is where Mac Brown justifies being the head coach of damn near any college football program in the country because he wins in the living room, because he wins in front of your parents. That's where he wins. But on game day... The old adage, eh, don't trust him all that much. And so now if they're 26, usually that's pretty good. But don't you have to rely on some of this talent being in like the top 15? And Fiddy, as we do, usually we'll go to you as the Carolina fan. Are you okay seeing that 26 number or according to different outlets, whatever, it feels like bringing in new talent, especially after expecting to lose Drake May. How much higher would you like to see that number and be okay with it? I mean, you, you definitely want more talent, but they've recruited in the top 10, top 12, top 15, and you're still winning eight games a year. So you, Carolina fans shouldn't be surprised that the recruiting has taken the dip because you haven't won anything while recruiting at a level that should lead you to being more competitive in the ACC. I wouldn't hate it if I knew that the talent that was on the roster was going to get developed. And yeah. that's the problem. They've gotten the talent to Chapel Hill. They've always been able to get good talent in Chapel Hill. The problem is they've never been able to develop it, and we saw that firsthand once again this season. Yeah, and so when you look at it, too, talking about replacing Drake Maywalker, you know they got Max Johnson, yep. the transfer, to come in. And then in this class, they do indeed have a quarterback out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Michael Mertinger. So we'll see if he can uh, come to Chapel Hill and make his mark. Uh, when you talk about replacing some of the guys and when you look at uh, the landscape of this conference and the teams that are in good and bad shape or the guys that need to 
find players to replace some of the stars that they had because when you look at Clemson, that's one. That's the one thing I was thinking about the other day is Dabo's committed to Cade Klubnick, and he's not going to step out on the transfer market because I think about quarterbacks. I think about what Clemson would look like with a guy like Cam Ward or some of those type of players or a, a guy like that because when you look at that last five classes, as I've said before, I don't think that they need to go to the transfer portal to get too much. They've been 10th, 5th, 3rd, and 10th over the last four seasons. And, again, they've got some help coming at wide receiver as well. We know Tyler Brown stepped up and looks like he's going to play be a player there. Bryant Wesco, a five-star wide receiver out of Texas. They were very excited about getting this young man, talking about bringing that wide receiver you back in Clemson. And so that's the thing now, man, that the transfer portal has made this even more interesting. These guys are going to have to come in and play earlier than ever, not only because – you may need the help from them at a certain position, but because you don't want them to transfer. Well, and last thing, as we continue to talk about who we have the most faith in with North Carolina, Fitty's right. You don't trust this coaching staff to develop them. And even if they're already good, I mean, they have a lot of players that are awesome. Once they step foot onto North Carolina's campus, you do have a lot of skill guys that will go to the NFL draft as whether it be a third round pick, whether it be Drake is going to be drafted in the top four, right? You underperformed with him in the win loss column, but I'm not going to look at Drake may and say, Oh, they really held him back as far as an individual growth standpoint. Maybe they did in certain areas, but not enough to affect his future. But when you talk about NC state, who's ranked 30th, only four spots behind North Carolina. So they're in a very similar neighborhood. But when they go to Dave Doran, when they go to Raleigh, you trust that they're going to be treated right and grow quite a bit to where they're going to end up better than where they came in. And I don't know if you see that a lot with some of the North Carolina prospects. They might come in and then live up to the billing. They might come in and, and you know, maybe Drake may. I mean, I, I know Drake may. I don't know if people were saying he was going to be second overall pick, but he was still highly coveted, right? Mm-hmm. Like at NC State, the point is you trust that coaching staff a lot more because you can set their watch to your watch to them winning nine games a year. And at NC State being in the same neighborhood as North Carolina, there's not that cushion for the Tar Heels. And even when you do have the more talent in the recruiting trail, you still end up losing to them in the most important game at the end of the season. And so this is the problem. Well, the thing is, too, is that Carolina is adept at developing offensive skill talent. They've done a great job at that. They put out receivers, quarterbacks, running backs. But the problem is, haven't developed offensive linemen like that. Remember back in the day, Carolina would have a first-round, second-round offensive lineman pretty much every season. Haven't had that. Defensive line has been just abysmal. And that's been the difference because Dave Doran and NC State, they develop linemen. We've seen them, Ike Aquano going top five. Now, whether, you know, how he plays and what you want to base that on, that's on you. But NC State, they always make sure they're good in the trenches, and that's how they're able to still win football games, even though their skill talent uh, has been lacking.